Praise the Lord, everyone. It's Pastor Fields here again for another Wednesday night Bible study. It is my joy to spend time with you on tonight. I do enjoy our coming together for the purpose of going into God's word so we can learn, so we can grow. God's word certainly is of a strength. It is of a comfort. Whatever we need is in God's word. And we've been enjoying a series on holiness entitled Holiness is Still Right. And here we are tonight with part three on our holiness series. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we do love you so much and we're so appreciative of your goodness, your grace and your mercy. I ask, oh God, that you would bless us now as we go into your word, feed our souls, touch our hearts and minds. We ask in Jesus name. Amen. The Lord bless you. On tonight, we are continuing our series on holiness. Our theme has been holiness is still right. And tonight, we are going to take a more extensive view um, of holiness. Yes, holiness is still right. And tonight, we're going to take a more extensive look at holiness and talk about it even more. Uh, but first, let's let's summarize on tonight some of the things we have already covered, whether directly or indirectly, as it pertains to holiness. Uh, there are seven principles that I'm sure we've already touched on. Just want to rehash uh, on these principles. Uh, the first principle tells us that the nature of holiness is transformation through consecration. Remember, separation unto God. So uh, that's the nature of holiness that comes through transformation uh, through consecration. The next principle, the second one is the context of holiness. The context of holiness is justification through Jesus Christ. That's the context. The third principle, the root of holiness. The root of holiness is being crucified and resurrected with Jesus Christ. Being crucified and resurrected with Jesus Christ. That's the root of holiness, the agent of holiness. And I think I love this principle the most, the agent of holiness is the Holy Ghost. I can't live holy without the Holy Ghost. I can't live holy within my flesh. Mm -hmm. That's the fourth principle. The fifth principle that we've covered that deals with holiness is that uh, the experience of holiness is one of conflict, is one of conflict because I want to live holy, my flesh and the Holy Spirit is always at war because my flesh doesn't want to live holy. Hallelujah. So the next principle, the sixth principle tells me that the role of holiness is God's revealed law. The role of holiness is God's revealed law. The last principle that we've covered um, up until now tells me, and this is where we were last week, the heart of holiness is the spirit of love. 
the heart of holiness. And we also learn that holiness begins in the heart. On tonight's lesson, we are going to we're going to talk about some things, and I'll, I'll give you the list of things we're going to try to cover on tonight. We're going to talk about some basic truths of holiness. We're going to deal with personal wholeness. We're going to deal with living a holy life, uh, and we'll talk about two extremes in that area and two journeys. Uh, we'll cover the fact that holiness is the redirecting of desire. Yes, uh, we'll talk about desiring God and we'll deal a little bit with unfulfilled desires. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I want to pray again. We love you so much and we thank you. Guide our thoughts, guide our words as we minister to your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Our, our theme scripture on tonight uh, foundational scripture out of the book of Psalms. We are in Psalms number 119, and I'll read verses 57 through 60. It says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. David says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. What a powerful passage of scripture. We have another foundational scripture that we want to pair it with. And I can tell you now, I won't actually get to this particular scripture until next week's lesson. So I'm already letting you know there's going to be another part this series, but I'm going to read it for your hearing. It comes out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're talking about some basic truths on tonight of holiness, some basic truths concerning holiness. Number, number one, I need to talk to you about the fact that believers, those who are filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, we are positionally holy. Write that down, positionally holy. Uh, and to push it a little further, it actually brings me to the knowledge of the fact that I have been separated by God for himself. He saved me so he can separate me, hallelujah, unto himself. We've been reconciled unto him. We've been separated and he separates us so we can walk in holiness. And because of this, we have an obligation. Yes, we have an obligation. Remember last week we talked about the fact that uh, it is our obligation. We should have a, a desire that makes it even stronger to walk in his holiness because of all that he's done for us. So um, I'm going to use the word obligation this week. We have an obligation to practice moral and spiritual holiness. Listen to what I'm saying. We have an obligation to practice 
Holiness is righteousness in action. We have an obligation to practice moral and spiritual holiness on a day-to-day -day basis. So holiness is not just a Sunday thing. No, we don't just, we don't live holy only on Sunday, but we are admonished in the word of God to walk uprightly before him day by day. So again, we have an obligation to practice moral and spiritual holiness on a day-by-day -day basis. And we have been separated. We've been separated from the world. We've been separated from the flesh, separated from the devil. Let me talk about it in the word of God, Romans 12 and 2. Mm -hmm. And be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'll take you also to 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. It says, love not the world, neither the things, hallelujah, that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So in order to live holy, he separates us. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And it involves separation from the flesh. Romans 8 and 13. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. Mm -hmm. I'm in the word. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So Living in holiness means that I'm taking authority over my flesh. I'm mortifying the deeds of my flesh. So in order to live holy, I can't do it in my flesh. Hallelujah. I've got to deny myself. I've got to deny my flesh. And the third part, we are separated from the enemy, from the devil. Ephesians 4 and 26, we quote this all the time. It says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any room. Don't give him any space. Keep him out of your way. You have power over him. Yes, the thief has no power over you. That'll preach. The thief has no power over you. The other thing we need to talk about is the fact also that uh, if I'm going to walk up rightly before him, I have to have this understanding that I am not my own. I don't own myself. No, he's bought me with a price. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and read verses 19 through 20. What? Paul writes, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. I know you're grown, but you're not your own. Hallelujah. No, we've been bought with a price, and we should live our lives as such. I belong to the Lord. There's a song, hallelujah, used to sing years ago, now I belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to me. Hallelujah. He is my God. Hallelujah. And I belong to him. I belong to him. Holiness. Let's talk about this now. Hallelujah. Holiness thank you, Lord, of life is not exactly of human achievement. And I've, I said it earlier, I can't do it in my flesh. So 
I cannot depend on human achievement to achieve holiness. No, hallelujah. Let me read out of Philippians chapter two. Uh, and I'm saying this, however, uh, it does demand effort. It does demand effort. I can't just sit around and say I'm holy, 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 and not put forth an effort to walk up rightly before him, but I cannot do it of myself. This is what I'm saying. Philippians chapter two, verse 12, wherefore my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Listen to these words, work, work out mm -hmm, your own salvation with fear and trembling, with fear and trembling, with fear and trembling. There, there doesn't seem to be too much fear. Uh, we're not awed by God uh, anymore. People are doing whatever they want to do. There's no reverence for God. Hallelujah. But if we're going to walk up rightly before him, we have to put him in his proper place. He is over us. He is our God. It is God who's made us and not we ourselves. We're not our own. We belong to God. My Lord, I'm feeling, I'm feeling this holiness uh, I can't do of my own self. No, but I have to put forth an effort. I have to put forth an effort. Uh, I have to put forth an effort and I have to work out my own soul salvation with fear and with trembling. Yes, that is done primarily by allowing the Holy Spirit to live through me. I can't, I can't shut down on the Holy Ghost. I can't quench the Spirit. The Holy Ghost leads me and guides me into all truth. If I follow the Lord's leading, I can make this journey. Now, um, holiness uh, involves, mm, let's say this, holiness involves two related but distinct aspects of Christian existence. Holiness involves two aspects, yeah, distinct aspects of existence. There is uh, spirituality, yes, uh, and there is ethics. Um, before I go through that, let me back up a little bit. I'm going a little bit ahead of myself because we talked about the fact, and I'll come back to that. Hold on to that point. I'll come back to that. But we talked about the fact that we are not our own. And I've given you scripture. And you've got to understand also that we should not grieve the Holy Spirit. I've told you that we should not uh, live our lives as though, you know, we're grown and we can do whatever we want to do. Thank you, Lord. Uh, but Paul says we should not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not go against what the Holy Ghost tells us or teaches us. And he says it plainly, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now we can move forward. I had skipped over uh, a part of the lesson that I wanted to deal with, but now we can go to the fact 
that holiness involves uh, two distinct aspects of my existence. Number one deals with spirituality. Yes. The second one deals uh, with ethics. And let's talk about spirituality first. Spirituality has everything to do with my fellowship with God. Uh, and it involves meditation, meditating on his word, prayer, of course, worship, uh, having hope in him. And salvation gives me a hope that goes beyond any circumstance. Um, it involves giving my God glory and it involves self-discipline. All of these things deal, and there are others, deal with spirituality. Paul tells us emphatically so that we should be spiritually minded. Uh, he says on one occasion to the Corinthian church, he tells them to be spiritual. You can't live holy without being spiritual. No. And when we talk about ethics, we're dealing with the fact that we are living or following God's standards. Listen to what I'm saying. Ethics deals with the fact that we are living or following God's standards. Uh, the development or the display of godly characteristics, good ethics, I'm following Hallelujah. And I am displaying godly characteristics. That's what ethics deals with. Now, I want to mix it up a little bit uh, because there are some who are attempting to be spiritual uh, without any ethics. And let's talk about that. Spirituality uh, without any kind of ethics. That individual has become morally insensitive. Listen to my notes. You're morally insensitive. And there's another term called antinomian, uh, or one who holds to the theory that under grace, moral law is no good anymore. You're no longer obligated uh, to have a moral standard because it's, it's all by faith. You can just say, I'm saved. Uh, but you don't really have to have any morals. Um, so because of this, uh, one is rejecting any kind of social morality. So you can curse, you can mistreat people, you can do whatever you want according to this uh, and still claim to be right with God. No, uh, that's not true. Let's move further. What about those who have ethics but no spirituality. Um, and this means that a uh, person who corrupts themselves by becoming mechanical or ceremonial, uh, formalistic. Remember, Jesus said you have a form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. You might even be proud, uh, but you're really not spiritual. And when you're like that, you are preparing the ground for a seed of self-righteousness. And the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that our righteousness is like a filthy rag. Hallelujah. So that particular individual perhaps has even forgotten that holiness requires, remember we said this last week, it requires having a humble heart. So let's get into this holiness thing because 
uh, a little deeper. Holiness. Holiness means I'm patterning my life after God, or I'm imitating. Remember that from last week? Imitating the virtues of Jesus Christ. And what do I mean by virtue? A commendable quality. It's a commendable quality or traits or moral excellence. So um, let's go through it some more. It means that I have a love of God and fellow humanity, follow peace with all men, right? Holiness without no man shall see the Lord. So I have a love for God and a love for my brothers and sisters. I, I have accepted God's will, not my will, but God's will be done. And I'm submitting myself to God's authority. And I have a zeal, finally, I have a zeal for his honor and for his glory. All right, we're on the right track. I skipped around a little bit, but I'm, I'm on the right track. Um, so let's move to an area um, that's called personal wholeness now. Personal wholeness, personal wholeness. And I want you to remember these words. Personal wholeness is personal holiness. Personal wholeness is personal holiness. So uh, I want you to note this because uh, as we become more and more like Jesus Christ, we learn day by day to master our own lives by giving it back to God. Let me say it again. As I become more like Jesus Christ, I learn day by day. I learn daily, hallelujah, how to master life. And this is the key by giving my life back to God. And when I give my life back to God, I'm not, I'm not afraid to make sacrifices for his will. I'm going to say it one more time. As I become more like Jesus Christ, I learn day by day how to master my own life by giving it back to God. So let's go uh, back to our foundation scripture that's found in uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verses 57 through 60. I'll read it again. Thou art my portion. O Lord, I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways. I turned my feet unto thy testimonies. And I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Let's go further into this. Thou art my portion. Hallelujah. Say it with me, Lord. You are, you are my portion. So let's dig deeper into this because um, mm -hmm, we must be centered in God. And I should say that he is the center of our lives. If he is your portion, he is the center of your life. And uh, you have to abide if you're going to accomplish this centering if you're really going to live this reality of him being the center of your life, then uh, you have to abide in his word. That's verse 57, 119 of the book of Psalms. 
Verse 57, thou art my portion, O Lord. David is saying, you are the main thing of my life. You are the portion, my portion. I'm sorry, O Lord. I've said that I would keep thy words. Remember these words? Thy word have I hid in thy heart. My heart, I'm sorry. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So I've got to abide in his word, have his word in me. And we say all the time, I've got to get his word in me. So hallelujah, so I can stay in his word so his word can get in me. Got to stay in his word so his word can get in me. Then I have to seek his favor and grace with my whole heart. Hallelujah. So not only do I have to abide in his word, but I have to seek his favor and grace with my whole heart. And that's the 58th verse. He said, I entreated thy favor. Ha, I want your favor. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. So be merciful unto me according to thy word. I heard you say your mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. And in your favor is life. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And also, I have to hasten to keep his word. Abiding in his word, and I'm hastening. Hallelujah. And he is working out salvation. I'm hastening to do what my God has told me to do. That's verse 60 of the book of Psalms, 119. He said, I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandment. You know, sometimes the Lord will tell you to do something and you take your time, right? Uh, I don't want to do it now. You put it off. But David said, listen, I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to make haste because I want to walk uprightly before thee. It's a daily thing. Hallelujah. Yes, holiness is still right. And I can't just do it on Sunday. I have to walk up rightly before him day by day. So living a holy life, living a holy life. The book of Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 12 and 13. Let me read these verses for you. Wherefore, my beloved as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own soul salvation with fear and with trembling. Hallelujah. I wanted to read it again and understand because all of us who are saved should possess a holy fear. I know I hit it before, but I wanted to come back to it. We should possess a holy fear that trembles at the word of God. Hallelujah. That actually trembles at the word of God. I'm awestruck when God speaks. Remember that old commercial on TV when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. That's how we should be with God. When he speaks to us, how everything stops. Be still and know that I am God. Listen to what Isaiah says in chapter 66 of the book of Isaiah, verse number two. For all those things hath mine hand made, and all those things have been said, the Lord. But to this man will I look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit. And listen, 
how the prophet closes out the verse and trembleth at my word. Hallelujah. When I speak, yes, Lord, I stand at attention. I want to do whatever you want me to do, but I'm listening. Hallelujah. I'm not putting anything before your word. And because of this, it causes me to turn away from all evil. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Uh-huh. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Let me take you to Proverbs 8 and 13. Some of you can quote this with me. The fear of the Lord is uh, to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. So uh, you'll discover for some reason in our environment, there seems to be two extremes, two extremes in, in the church, right? And you, we read about it in the word of God. Jesus had to deal with. Uh, but this aspect, when he came and looked around, uh, there are those who are uh, Phariseeistic, right? Pharisees, uh, that's uh, to be legalistic. Uh, it, it's really living in hypocrisy because you know all the rules and regulations, but uh, it's a camouflage. You're hiding underneath the rules, but you're not really living according to God's word. Um, so, and that's an extreme. Uh, Phariseeism uh, means uh, you're only serving God with an outward form, outward actions, uh, with self-serving motives, perhaps to be seen, perhaps for notoriety. Uh, remember, he told Israel one time, I hear your mouths talking, but your hearts are far from me. And Jesus, when he looked at the Pharisees and others in the church, he said, you are empty sepulchers. They knew the rules. They knew the regulations, but they were cold as ice. They were dead on the inside and they were not living according to the holiness of God's word per se, but they were just doing it, even with the philosophies on their head, with the scriptures on it to look the part, but they were far from God. They were extreme. You broke the rules, they cast you away. If you didn't look the part, they cast you away. Hallelujah. That's not really, that's not really what holiness is about. And the other extreme, we already mentioned the word, it deals with antinomianism. Uh, and this is a doctrine really that uh, moves away from any kind of standard. It, it just throws a, a standard of holiness away. Hallelujah. Just throws it totally away. Um, I, I, I can do what I want to do. There's no standard, really. I'm, I'll come to church and do what I want, but um, I, it really doesn't take any kind of standard. You see what I'm talking about? One extreme, the Pharisees say you got to cross every dot every I. You got to wear the right uniform. You got to do this, you do that. And the other extreme says you don't have to do that. You could walk any way you want to walk and God will accept you just the way you are. So you say, well, then what is real holiness? I'm glad you asked. It starts in the heart. Hallelujah. It starts in the heart and holiness says I'm going to follow God 
He is my top priority. And my goal is to please him. And I've told you several times, I think in each lesson, I've come to this point, holiness is not a man-made thing. It's following God's word. Be ye holy, for I am holy. So there are two journeys that we take. Uh, and I wanted to bring this point out. There are two journeys that we take. The first one is natural. It's, it's um, from the cradle to the grave, right? That's just me as a, as a natural man. I'm taking this journey. I'm, I was born, right? And one day, uh, unfortunately, we all have to die. It's appointed unto every man wants to die. After death comes judgment, right? That's the journey that we all we all take. But there's another journey, praise God, that I'm taking. I was born in sin, but thank God I was born again. Hallelujah. And I'm not just living to die now. I'm living to live again. So the second journey is a journey that takes me into the knowledge of God knowledge of redemption in Christ and all that he has done just so I can be with him. So, and let me go into the notes, knowledge of Christ. This is the second journey, uh, the first stage of an eternity of love and adoration. So I'm serving him now with joy. Hallelujah. And because I'm serving him with joy, there is an outward manifestation of what's on the inside of me. So living holy is, is presenting an outward manifestation of what is in you. If you're right inside, you'll live right, or you show that rightness on the outside. Hallelujah. The righteousness of God, Paul said, is revealed in my life or through the life that I live. So uh, the outward manifestation of holiness is, is much more than my dress or, you know, or what I've taken off, but it also has an outward manifestation uh, and is exemplified by how I treat my brothers and sisters, right? So it's outwardly showing love to those who are around me and inwardly, I'm, I'm loving God also. I'm enjoying this God that saved me also. Hallelujah, I'm feeling this in my spirit. So um, I want to bring I want to bring this to you because there are a whole lot of folks claiming to be holy, but you don't get along with nobody. You don't treat folks right. Uh, right. Always got something in your mouth to say negative about people but you love the Lord. I love the Lord and I'm on my way to heaven. He come Messiah. Uh, but this is what John says. First John, chapter four, verse 20. He says, if a man says, and I'll read it, if, if a man says, I love God and hateth his brother, this is John talking. It's not fields. I'm in the word of God. He says, you say you love God, but you hate your brother. He said, he is a liar. L-I-A-R. He says, he is a liar, but he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, Mm -hmm. How can he love God whom he hath not seen? So how can you love God whom you're not seen, right? And you don't love your brother and you see me every Sunday. 
And I know you haven't seen me much because we've been shut in, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, John said, you're lying uh, if you're hating people. You're hating on people and you have Christ in you and Christ is love, but you show so much hatred and animosity towards people. Something has been, something has been twisted. Something has been altered. So we have to get back on track. You are confusing journeys. You cannot live holy and conduct yourself like someone in the world. The Holy Ghost has you now, and you are being led by the Holy Ghost. They who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Hallelujah. The sons of God, the people of God, are a holy people. And there is no hatred in holiness. If you're going to hate anything, hate the sin. Hate the sin. I'm going to say it one more time. Hate the sin. I'm not going to keep you very long on tonight, but I want to come to the final uh, part of this lesson that, that deals with desire. Now, we, we talked about certain basic truths. Uh, I got it tangled up a little bit, but, you know, forgive me. I'm getting old. I'm an older man now. Uh, we talked about the fact that we are not our own. Uh, we talked about the fact that we should not grieve the Holy Spirit. When we go against the leading of the Holy Ghost, it could be something as simple as the Holy Ghost waking you up, telling you to pray, and you roll over and say, I don't want to pray. Hallelujah. It could be the Holy Ghost telling you not to say something, and you say it anyway, or you do it anyway. Yes. Uh, grieve not the Holy Ghost. We talked about the fact that holiness is not exactly of human achievement, but you should put forth effort. And that effort, according to the word of God, is working out your own soul salvation with fear and with trembling. We talked about the extremes of how people are Pharisaic, right? Where they, they know all the rules and regulations. They can quote this and quote that but they're really not living in the essence of holiness, right? Because uh, if you break one of their rules, they, they cast everybody into hell. Uh, but holiness is not all about that. You, we are supposed to be examples, and part of that example within holiness is showing love. Now, I'm not talking about compromise. I'm not talking about compromising your standard. I'm not talking about that. Hallelujah. But listen, when when we're living holy, there, there should be and must be, hallelujah, an outflowing of love and compassion. Jesus had compassion on people. And, and some of us holy rollers, we don't seem to show too much love. Hallelujah. But we're holy. Uh, and John says, if a man says, I love God and I hate my brother, hallelujah, then I'm lying. I told a big fat lie, and he that loveth not his brother whom he's seen, but hallelujah, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So now I need to talk about the fact that holiness deals with redirecting my desires. Hallelujah redirecting my desires. And this might be maybe the toughest part of living holy. Yeah. Uh, I think the toughest part of living holy is the fact that I have to redirect my desire. And it's, it's all tangled up in the fact that I have to mortify 
the deeds of my flesh. Hallelujah. But we all have longings. We all have things that we crave. Mm -hmm. We all have, and some of us have very strong desires, a long for, a hope for, a craving for. Uh, a desire is that I want part of your consciousness. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. And it's, it's, it's a part of a consciousness. We want it. And because we want it, we just have to have it. And sometimes even if, if it's not good for us, we just have to have it. Let's go to Colossians. I want to read this. The book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, hallelujah, and your life is hid with Christ in God. That old man is supposed to be dead, and you're hidden in Christ. So set your affections, your desires on things above. Now, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's a challenge. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Uh, that's why the scripture says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And here's the clincher. And I know when Paul wrote that to the Colossians and they heard it, he said, for ye are dead. Some of them might have snapped to it. I'm dead. Yeah, you are dead and your life has been hidden in Christ. So let me read this to you. Because our lives are in Christ who is seated in heaven, we must set our minds on him. Paul said, with my mind, I serve him. If I can get this together, hallelujah, the rest of me will follow. We must set our minds on and let our attitudes be determined by things above. Hallelujah. My attitude should be a heavenly attitude. I'm, I'm setting all of this on things above. I'm focusing on my redeemer. Hallelujah. Attitudes are being determined by things above, and we must view and evaluate everything from an eternal and heavenly perspective. How does God feel about this? Does, does this look like a godly situation? We have to, we're thinking differently now. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So uh, the whole concept of what I just read, the whole concept, and I'm, let's be real, the whole concept, you're telling me I got to set my affections on things above? You're adjusting your desires. You're adjusting your desires. Listen, when you know you have to lose weight, you push away from the table. And it's hard to do, but you won't lose it until you do what you're supposed to do, right? You got to stay away from certain things. 
It's the same way spiritually. If I want to live a holy life, I have to rearrange some things. I've got to make some adjustments according to my desires. Hallelujah. I've got to redirect them and set my affections on things above. And that concept, that concept is what stirs up struggle. And I'm just talking, I'm talking truth. It stirs up struggle because old desires, now let's tell the truth. Those old desires at times come knocking on your door. Yes, they do. They come back and a spiritual war pursues. Now don't listen. Listen, let's be real tonight. And I know some folks want you to think they always have the right things on their mind. They always say the right things out of their mouth. But that old booger comes and knocks on the door, hallelujah, and those old desires come back. Listen, it's summertime, and even the saints are doing stuff and thinking about stuff because just because it's summertime, right? But Paul says, listen, I don't care what season it is, hallelujah, <laughs> you've got to redirect your, hallelujah, your desires, this is what Paul says in chapter six of the book of Ephesians. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. That's where your strength is. It's not in you. There's no good thing in my flesh. Listen, let's be real. Because those old desires come back, if you listen to your flesh, you'll go back. Yes, you will. You'll go back. I don't care how many Hika Messiahs. I don't care how many times you run around the building. If you give in to your old desires, you'll go back. You'll fall back. There's a, there's a war that pursues once you realize or try to set your affections on things above. That's where the war is. That's where the struggle is. Uh, Paul said there's a war going on inside of me. Hallelujah. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And you got to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the suggestions, the temptations, hallelujah, the intimidations, the pullings, the pushings of the devil, hallelujah. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Hallelujah. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Yes, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword, the sword of the spirit, hallelujah, which is the word of God. And praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all things. Yes, it's a struggle, but you got to put on that armor 
so you can fight against the wiles of the enemy. Hallelujah. So you can stand up, work out that salvation. And I want you to know one of the biggest battles you're going to have is with your self. With your self. So there has to be a desire for God. There has to be a desire for God. Colossians 1, Colossians 3, I'm sorry. Uh, 1 through 3. I'll read it again. If we then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. And we often forfeit a true relationship with God because of negligence. Yeah, because of negligence and preoccupation with other things. We mess up the relationship because we're so preoccupied with other things. Everything is more important. I'm too busy. Have you noticed people are too busy now for God? Yes. Hallelujah. But we've, have to, we've got to have that desire for him. Where's that desire for God? Uh, and, and, and the question wise arise, I'm sorry, while I was preparing for tonight's lesson, here's the question, how much do we really enjoy God? Uh, how much do we enjoy our salvation? I preached a series once on um, I'm enjoying my salvation. Are you really in love with the God that saved you? Are you really enjoying your walk with him? Yes. And that moves me into the next aspect of, of desire. We talked about desires and having a strong craving for things, but there are some of us uh, who are wrestling with unfulfilled desires. Uh, and, and here's another aspect, something that tends to pull us away from holiness, because believe it or not, there's some people sitting in church who are missing the world, feeling like they're missing out on something. Uh, I can't do, we sing that song, the things I do, I don't do no more, but there, you'll be surprised how many people are sitting in the house of God, missing the things they used to do. You, you've severed your connection somehow, you gotta get repurposed, and you gotta redirect your, desires so you don't lose out with God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Philippians. I'm going to read out of Philippians and I'm getting ready to close. I'm going to read out of the book of Philippians and I'm, I'm going to use the uh, common English Bible for this. Uh, the book of Philippians chapter three, verses seven through 10. It reads like this. These things were my assets, but I wrote them off. Hallelujah. You got to write it off. That stuff you used to do, you stop holding on to it. You got to write it off. But I wrote them off as a loss for the sake of Christ. But even beyond that, I consider everything a loss in comparison with the superior value of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. I've lost everything for him. But what I lost, I think of as sewer trash. I count it as dung, the King James Version says, so that I might gain Christ and be found in him. In Christ, I have a righteousness that is not my own. 
And that does not come from the law, but rather from the faithfulness of Christ. It is the righteousness of God that is based on faith. The righteousness that I have comes from knowing Christ. He says, the power of his resurrection, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the participation in his suffering, the fellowship of his suffering. It includes being conformed to his death so that I may perhaps reach the goal of the resurrection of the dead. So Paul, even Paul said, the devil will come and try to make you feel like you're missing out. Here you are sitting in church and worshiping God. Baby, you're missing all of that good stuff. And Paul said, listen, I had to write it off. It's not worth losing my salvation. Hallelujah. The Lord has brought me into holiness and I'm going to write the world off. I'm going to write the lust off. I'm going to write all that off. He said, I, but I wrote them off as loss for the sake of Christ, because what Christ has given me now, hallelujah, and, and, and the psalmist said, he is my portion. He is my satisfaction. He is my joy. He said, I wrote the world off. I wrote it and I counted all dung. The, the common English Bible says it's nothing but sewer trash to me. I counted as dung. I threw it away. I wrote it off. Hallelujah. I have lost everything for him. Remember, Jesus said, if any man follow me, let him deny himself and follow me. I have righteousness that is not my own. And that does not come from the law, but rather from the faithfulness of Christ, my Lord. I love the word of God. Yes, I love his I love his word. So listen, don't sit around, talk, you know, looking out the window, looking at the world thinking about what you're missing. Hallelujah. The world has nothing for you. Stay in holiness. Don't play with your salvation. Stay in a place of holiness. This is what the psalmist said. I'm going to take you back to a piece of music that David wrote. David said oh, in the 73rd Psalm, verses 25 and 26, Whom have I in heaven but thee? Hallelujah. He's putting God first. There's nobody else in heaven but you, and there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. You're the one, Lord. He said, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Hallelujah. I'm going to read it in the New King James Version. It said, whom have I in heaven but you, and there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So let me put this out there before I close out. Is it possible that holiness, is it possible that holiness can leave us with a feeling of missed opportunities? and unfulfilled desires in the flesh? Is it, is, it, is it possible that holiness leaves a hole? Hallelujah. So, so much of a hole that I feel like if I stay in holiness that I'm missing out on the things of the world. It depends on your perception and it depends on whether you really sold out to Christ. Because Paul is saying, I wrote that all off. 
I'm not going to sit around wondering what I'm missing, who's at the party and, and who's doing what. And I'm missing this girl and I'm miss, missing this man. No, I gave all that up. I wrote it off and nothing is more important to me now than the Christ that is in my life. But I want to throw it out there. Hallelujah. I want to put that out there because there's some people who are struggling with the, the concept that I'm missing something. But if you want to stay in holiness, hallelujah, Paul said, if I stay in this way, if, if I hold on to what Christ has put in me, hallelujah, I'll reach the goal of resurrection. And what he's really saying that I'll make the rapture. Yes, I will. <laughs> I'll make the rapture. And this is why he saved me, so I can be with him in eternity. Hallelujah. And this way that he's made for me is a way of holiness. Don't get it twisted and don't let anybody pull you away from the holiness of God. You have to be holy and holiness is still right. Hallelujah. So listen, the statement that I just made uh, is a classic transcript of, of having uh, a holy heart. You've got to have a holy heart in order to push the world away. It's got to be in your heart. And the redirecting of your desire, hallelujah, means that I'm going to put my focus on God. I see that over there, but I'm going to redirect my focus on God. And the strengthening of desire is so directed as, and I'm understanding this now, and it's coming to me, if I can do this, I'll be able to function in what I'll call the real essence of holiness. Hallelujah. Because holiness has its own essence, its own feeling, its own ambiance. And if I'm focusing and redirecting my desire on God, I'll, I'll begin to understand the very crux or the essence of holiness. Hallelujah. And there's one word. There's one word that's in my spirit right now, and that's passion. We have to have a passion for God. Hallelujah. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so my heart panteth after thee. I can't breathe without God. Hey, hallelujah. I've got to have God in my life. I've got to walk uprightly before him. So true holiness, and we're going to close out with this. True holiness, hallelujah, brings about a passion, a passion for God. I'm going to close out right here, and we'll come back to it next week. I'm going to keep talking about holiness until the Lord releases me to talk about something else. Yes, holiness is still right, and we're going to go further into holiness. Yes, we are. We're going to go further into holiness. We're going to talk about holiness. We have to be holy because our God is holy and we need a passion for him. We have to have a passion for him and redirect our desires. So our main thrust, our main desire will be our God. He has become my salvation. He has become my desire. He is my joy. He is my strength. He is my everything. 
listen, if you've been enjoying these classes and uh, some of you have been hanging out with me every week uh, since this pandemic started, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, if you want to plant a seed in this ministry, want to pay your tithes, you may do so. Brother Craig will put that up on the screen. And those of you who have been watching and participating in our sister church, Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, you may use Givelify. And uh, we appreciate all that you've done and your uh, consistency and your commitment to the ministry and your faithfulness in your giving. Uh, the Lord has been blessing. And I thank God for all that he's doing. And I'm excited about what he's getting ready to do. I want to pray for you. So let's touch and agree on tonight. Father, I pray that you would stir up passion in our hearts and minds. Brothers and sisters will begin to embrace holiness, the wholeness of it, the essence of it. Asha, oh God, yes, holiness without no man shall see the Lord. Help us to walk up rightly before you. Help us, oh God, not only to get, hallelujah, to a place where all we care about is how we look on the outside, but we'll dress up the inside. Because holiness begins within. Help us, oh God. Help us in the area of personal wholeness. And hallelujah, so we'll be what we should be from the inside out. Help us, oh God, to redirect our desires so we're not tangled up in our flesh, so we're not confused as to the direction that we should go. You are our hope. All we have is in you, and we love you, Lord. I pray for those who have not, oh God, given their lives totally over to you, that they'll see the need for salvation, because you're coming soon. No man knows the day or the hour. Help us, oh God. Save the unsaved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, if you don't have a church home, I want you to consider Greater Refuge Temple of Washington, D.C. Yes, or Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, New York. Don't care how far you are, you know, this is a new day. Uh, you can be a part of the Cyber Church. Send us an email, admin at grtdc.org, and we'll tell you what you need to do. Want to be baptized? Send us an email, admin at grtdc.org. Whether you're in the D.C. area or whether you're in New York, in the Bronx, uh, but wherever you are, if you're watching this and you want salvation, you want to be a part of a ministry, let us know and we'll get back to you and we'll tell you what you need to do. Until next week, the Lord bless you. Walk in holiness. Peace.